Frederick William Faber wrote many devotional pieces of literature, poetry, and, and he was quite the devotional writer. Some would consider him a mystic, a Christian mystic. But he said, what is, he said, uh, love and faith are at home in the mystery of the Godhead while reason kneels in reverence outside. Meaning some of what God has revealed to us, and by the way, just so you know, Rick, you guys can stay. You really can, because we're just going to be real brief here. You've heard me say that, though, before, so you're skeptical, I know. <laughs> but, but he also, Keith, he also wrote, what is darkness to my intellect is sunshine to my soul. And that's the idea of faith. I think sometimes, you know, when you think about faith, um, I think it was Tozer who, came, who shared this in one of his little treatises. He said, God has given us five senses in which to relate to the physical world around us. We taste and smell and hear and touch and see. These are all organs of knowledge. I have knowledge of the texture of this pulpit by touch. I have knowledge of the, 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 the shadows and tints of color and light in this room with the knowledge, the organ of my eyes. So I have these organs, but he said faith is also an organ of knowledge. It's supernatural, granted by God, so that by faith, we're told in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, men of old understood that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Do you hear that? This is something we don't think about very often. Faith is an organ of understanding and knowledge. God gave us his word and much of it is incomprehensible. Much of it we can't wrap our minds around. And he says what you can't fully grasp, don't doubt it because you can't grasp it. If you could grasp it all, you would be God. Believe it because I've told you the truth. I would never lead you astray. You can count on my word. And so if you think about the scientific method, the scientific method is to, to work with your materials, to come up with hypotheses. And when you finally get to a place of understanding something, then you'll believe it. And God says, I've already given you my word. And so believe it, and you'll begin to understand it. It's just the opposite of the scientific method. Does it mean that it's irrational then to believe in God's word? Are we saying that Christians are a bunch of ignoramuses and irrationalists? No. What we're saying is that we have been granted by God's mercy and grace, his word, his spirit who lives within us, and this new disposition, inclination, of faith, and faith is an organ of knowledge, so that men of old, by faith, they understood. That sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Sounds like a paradox. Jesus even said at one point, I think it's John chapter 7, he said, he that will do 
my Father's will will understand whether it be true or not. I'm paraphrasing it. But what he was saying is until you step out on it, you'll never understand it. And when a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, you can't examine that to death and break it all down into some rational equation. Christ, God's Son, died on the cross, was buried, was raised from the dead, and has promised to change your heart if you'll believe in Him. Now, you can wrestle with that. You can apply the scientific method all you want, but it won't bring any benefit to your soul. When you trust Christ and come to Christ, Christ reveals Himself to your heart and you are changed. And it's supernatural. And it's not irrational, it's super rational. Are you following me? I'm getting a little philosophic here, but it's important to understand the faith that you have is actually an organ of knowledge. With it, we grasp and understand and welcome and receive and act upon the Word of God. Let me illustrate this for you. I have a newspaper here in front of me. It's a newspaper out of Spokane. And um, uh, one of the comments here, it says this. It says, um, this is front page news. It says, under United Nations, informed sources said today that the UN Secretary General shortly will set up a three-man panel to deal with American employees suspected of being disloyal and will demand the United States State Department supply complete evidence of why they should be fired. Another article reads this way. The president said today that the outlook for world peace is better now than it was a year ago. He explained at his last news conference, that he was referring to the outlook of the end of conflict. And then down below, there's also a little tidbit that says, President Mellows. It says, President expressed one wish for the new year today. He hopes the Lord will make him calm enough not to swear at journalists. Then he warmly wished all the correspondents at his news conference a happy new year. This is from December 31st, 1952. And as I read through this and looked over at the headlines and read some of the articles, it seemed apparent to me that if I watch the evening news, the same old rehash over and over and over of the same kinds of things. Allegations here, and should, this, should we appoint a special committee to investigate this? It's all right there in 1952. It was going on then, and it's going on now. And I have a warning for you. As you turn to Psalm 19, just for a moment, Psalm 19, I, I want to say something to you, and I don't mean to be offensive because... I fall into the same trap myself sometimes, but I want to say to you, listen, dear believer, there's nothing like a sour, pessimistic, 
negative, the sky is falling, Eeyore personality, but that kind of Christian makes a very poor witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you lock yourself away day after day and lock into the news and sit in front of it for hours a day and there's two or three hours every night of any particular channel, you just have to hear what so-and-so has to say about this and you feed your soul on that. I want to ask you a question. If you look over the past year and uh, let's, uh, like I said, I don't want to be offensive toward anybody because some of you like CNN, some of you like, Fox Network, some of you stay with the major ABC, NBC, and CBS, all of that. But listen, my brothers and sisters, my simple question to you would be this. Would you say that your time meditating in the sweetness and refreshment and truth of the promises of God, your time in God's Word, if you were to put it on a scale, the time you spent in the Lord's Word and the time you spent saturating yourself with daily news, how would you fare in terms of balancing your life? Are you really finding that, and I'm not against knowing what's going on. I'm sure the people in 1952 jumped all over this and talked about it and worried about it and stewed about it and fussed about it and had strong opinions about it. And yet, that was 1952. And every day we have with our media now powerful sound bites and visuals and, and, and doomsday and on and on and on, all of this stuff. And if you, you, if you take in two or three hours of that every night as a diet, I can tell you what kind of a disposition you will have. I would rather this. Because you see, when these come and go, and they pass away, I can come back to this. Look at Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring not discouraging, not depleting, not infecting, not sickening the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, complete, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether, and they are more desirable than gold. What's in your safe? They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant is warned, 
and in keeping them there is great reward. Do you ever wonder why? I know this is simple, I'm not trying to be insulting, but why do we have a newsstand? And why does the, the, the young man who pulls in at 4.30 in the morning, why does he take the old papers out and toss them as now passe and puts a new bunch in every day? Now, read the paper. I'm not saying we shouldn't know what's going on currently. That's not what my soul lives for. I want to live with information that breaks into this time-bound world and feeds me on things that are eternal, that are enriching. Did you notice those precious words? All of those six words, they're all synonyms for God's word. Six of them. The law, the testimony, the precepts, the commandment, the fear, and the judgments, all six of those are synonyms for the word of God. And then what characterizes his word is given to us in these terms. It is perfect, it is sure, it is right, it is pure, it is clean, and it is true. And then with the synonyms and the characteristics is the result of marinating yourself and your soul in God's word. It will restore your soul, make wise the simple, rejoice the heart, enlightening the eyes, enduring forever, righteous all together. I, I, I don't mean to give you a kind of contrast, but I can't help it. If you're feeding on the daily news for two or three hours a day, it's going to affect your outlook on life. And I'm okay with knowing what's going on. I always watch some news. But there's a series of news. And if you watch it enough, you can watch six different channels all regurgitating the same daily news with a slightly different spin. But when we come to this, it's as contemporary as the air we're now breathing. Because God stands behind His Word. That's what we need to feed on in the coming year. And it's such a blessing this morning. What an encouragement to my heart to hear you share the promises of God together. You should go home celebrating today that the church body has this knowledge of the word, these promises that they live by. We may not be a big bunch, but Spurgeon one time said, you know, I would rather pastor a church of 40 or 50 people who are as heavy as pure gold with their knowledge of the word of God than to pastor thousands who are lighter than a feather. Which one do you think God most desires? People who love him and know his word. So I'm grateful this morning. I, this was an unexpected blessing to me. So thank you so much for sharing. And that's really all I have for this morning. I'm going to pray. And Kath, we can have one more song. We should have a, I think it's 272 is the one I was thinking of. See if 272 is thy word. Would you check and see if that's what it is? It's right.